Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 25, Loving Your Readers Via Personal Contact, coming to you on Tuesday, February 13th, 2018. Now, I write romance, so I have to say, woohoo, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. On the other hand, I'm also cheap, so <laughs> I'm one of those people who quite often says, why don't we skip buying cards and flowers and candy and whatever and do something that will be more entertaining to both of us, like go to a movie. Actually, while I'm on this thought, one time my husband took me to the Dollar Theater and we watched three uh, movies all in a row. It was totally awesome. It was like a complete whole day thing, but it was like Aliens 3 or something, Alien Resurrection maybe, um, and one of them was Oh, it was so violent. I want to say it was uh, Woody Harrelson in, um, can't think of it, but it was one of those where like everybody died in this movie and something else. And I'm just looking at him like, really? This is what we're doing for Valentine's Day? He's like, well, you love movies. I'm like, yeah, but there's people dying in all of them. And he's like, yeah, blood. It's red. It's the color of Valentine's Day. And then I just started laughing. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So I am not going to talk about blood today, even if it is the same color as Valentine's Day. And you might not even be listening to this near Valentine's Day. However, last week I said that I was going to give you a two-parter on how to show your readers some love. And I had the idea just because Valentine's Day was coming up. So today is the second part of it. But before we get going, I wanted to give some shout outs to listeners who are leaving comments on the video versions of the episodes on my YouTube channel, which by the way, I'm not sure if I've ever actually said it. So obviously someone went to YouTube and, and um, did a search probably. So my YouTube channel is just my name, Kitty Buholtz. And you can find that probably um, in the uh, the show notes and the, the name of the episode as you're listening to it. But it's K-I-T-T-Y. B-U-C-H-O-L-T-Z, or Z if you're down under or someplace in the British Commonwealth. <laughs> also, if you just search for Right Now Workshop Podcast, you'll get all the videos. So uh, people who were leaving comments, thank you so much. I love comments. I will try to answer all of them, and I'll try to do at least some shout outs whenever I see them. I also need to figure out how I can get YouTube to tell me that you're commenting because I noticed one of them was like weeks ago, so sorry about that. But I wanted to say a little shout out to Anne who is commenting on how long will it take to write, and she says, or she asks that I say my Loon Lake books run around 75,000 words, so is that the length of my rough draft or first draft, or do my books grow with each edit? It kind of depends on the book, but I'm beginning to sense that there is sort of a rhythm that I've found, that it's not so much word count, more it's percentage of the book that's done. So by the time I get to a first draft, I'm probably... 85 to 90% of the way through the word count. So the Loon Lake books that end up being around 75,000 words, probably the first draft was around 60 or 65,000 words. Um, the superhero books that end up about 100,000 words, I think those first drafts were a lot closer to 85,000 words. So um, I just happen to be a writer who writes in such a way where when I go back, I realize that I needed to put in more um, 
emotional stuff, more um, thoughts, feelings, more um, using the five senses, you know, more of what did we see, what did we smell, what did it feel like, that sort of thing. Um, setting. I, I never really go deeply into setting in my first draft. Um, I see it in my head, but what I really want to do is get to the action. So I do have a tendency to add, um, you know, 10-ish percent maybe um, onto my 10 to 15 maybe percent more words onto my first draft. Now that takes into account the fact that I also uh, delete some words too. Sometimes I'll delete, um, you know, half of a scene if I'm like that just did not work out or whatever. So it kind of depends a little bit on what kind of writer you are. Some people, um, not, not in a negative way. I'm just saying some people overwrite, some people underwrite. So it's just kind of a personality and what you happen to be thinking about and, focusing on as you are writing that first draft, getting out the incredible excitement of the story. And then you may find that you're the kind of person who goes back and you're tightening as you're cleaning up. So as you're editing, you're actually reducing the total word count. You know, you'll delete some stuff, add some stuff, but altogether you're deleting more words than you're adding. And other people will be more like me. We're doing a little bit of underwriting and we'll add more, even though we are deleting also as we go, um, just making the edit tighter. Uh, we're also adding more words altogether. So I happen to be an underwriter. You could be an underwriter or an overwriter, but that is the answer for me. Uh, a shout out to Jade. Hello, Jade, who is commenting on the Dunn Journal. It was really fun the way that you did leave a long comment. And I feel like I kind of know you already now. And she was saying that she does something like that at the top of her writing documents each day. So she saves her book with a um, the new date for the date that it is. Um, that's how I was saving mine also when I was using Word, because I was always so afraid if anything happened, at least I would only lose one day of writing instead of having one file that, you know, what if something happened to it, I would lose the entire book. So I don't know if that's how you do it, Jade, but that's how I was doing it. Um, so Jade writes um, some information about, uh, you know, the book and her word count and that sort of thing. And she it sounds like she types uh, a little bit more that's similar to the sort of thing that I was talking about in the Dunn Journal, which I believe was episode one. Said, and Jade said that it clears her head, helps her get rid of the stresses of the day before she gets into the writing so she can really focus and be in the, in the right mindset. So that's pretty cool, Jade. Uh, Karen, hello, Karen. Karen was commenting on what will we write next and asked if I decided uh, what I was going to work on next because I was talking about the reader survey in episode 13. And she voted for Loon Lake. Well, guess what? I voted for Loon Lake too. <laughs> so the next book that I'm going to be working on is going to be book two in the Strays of Loon Lake series, Love at the Clip and Curl. So the thing that I can't decide right the second is, I'm going to Gonna, am I going to use two K's like Krispy Kreme uses K's for its name? So it'll be clip and curl that way. Or will I use the actual correct spelling of the words, which would be two C's? Decisions, decisions. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> and a shout out to Amy. Hey, Amy, commenting on the ebb and flow in our lives and, our, and in our writing. And Amy agreed that it sounds good to take advantage of the good days so you can get all you can done so that the bad days won't throw you off so much. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Um, in fact, today I happen to be doing a ton of podcasting um, just because 
the light's good. My hair looks good <laughs> for people who are watching on video. I'm, I'm happy with the way I look right now. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it just seems easier that when you have blocks of time, whatever it is that you're focusing on, you know, whether it's a book or for me, it could be a podcast, it could be a nonfiction book, it could be um, blogging, maybe you're a blogger weekly or daily. And sometimes it just seems easier to like just really go for it when it's a good day, try to get more done than you really maybe even planned um, so that on tough days or unexpected days when you're like, oh crap, I, I can't go because this thing happened and I need to, you know, take somebody to the doctor or call a friend who's having, you know, something bad happened or, you know, things happen in our lives that interrupt our schedules. So when we can really take advantage of the good days, then sometimes it'll help us to offset maybe what we don't get done on some other day. So that is really fun to talk to you all. Thank you for leaving comments. I sure appreciate it. And again, the YouTube channel is Kitty Buholtz, uh, or you can just search for Right Now Workshop Podcast. And of course, just um, listening to it on audio only, it's, it's actually the way I listen to almost every podcast of mine because I just have everything playing on my phone when I'm driving or running or, you know, washing the dishes or whatever. <laughs> so... Okay, now, last week I talked to you about part one of my series of how to show your readers some love, and so today will be part two, so it's our two-part Valentine's Day special. Um, so, how do you show your readers love? Last week, I think just about everything that I mentioned had to do with things that you can say and do in your newsletter to make your readers feel like you're not just trying to sell them books, but you're playful, fun, interesting. Um, and those, by the way, were just my ideas of things that I do. They're things that work for me and my personality type. Um, but if you are somebody who travels a lot or takes a lot of pictures, if you're an Instagrammer and um, you take interesting pictures that have weird filters and make things look particularly, you know, odd, interesting or whatever, like there could be anything that you might put in your newsletter. You know, um, I've put, uh, when I when I visited New York for the first time and I took all these pictures of the library and unfortunately the outside of the library, it didn't occur to me that of course it was a holiday and so the library was closed, worst day ever. <laughs> but outside the library, uh, the New York City library, um, there is in the sidewalk all of these bronze plates that have... Um, like quotes from authors and stuff. And they're just gorgeous and beautiful. And I walked down the sidewalk and took a picture of every single one of them. And then I put every single one of the pictures on my blog and I put some of the pictures in my newsletter. So those are interesting things too, you know, showing places that you've been or um, maybe some rare book that you found or um, going through your bookshelf and you find that, oh my gosh, you have an autograph by, you know, this this person who was your favorite author in 1980 or something, I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of fun things that you could do. So in addition to newsletters, I'm going to give you a couple more ideas about things that you could do. Now, I probably mentioned this earlier. I know I mentioned this earlier because it was in the episode about what are you going to write next. And I said that I did a reader survey. And it is the first reader survey that I've gotten around to doing. And I was so grateful for the people to participate. I have no idea um, how many people you can expect to participate, but I'll tell you what I did. I have around 16 or 18 
1,500 people on my email list as of February 2018, and I got 142 responses, which I was really quite happy with. You know, 10 responses wouldn't have really given me a ton of information, but 142 I felt really good about. And I asked them 10 questions, um, a couple of demographic questions, you know, are you male or female, and what's your general age range, and I gave, you know, multiple choice answers. And then the questions were like, um, have you read? And then I listed out the books that I've written. Um, which one is your favorite book? And again, it was the list of books written. And then there was a couple other questions. But the, the big question that I needed an answer to was, um, as one of my readers, are you most interested in the next book uh, that I write and publish being one of the chiclet books, one of the sweet small town romance books, or one of the superhero books. And I was excited and also I was equally frustrated and excited that the number of uh, respondents came out to almost one third, one third, one third, which just makes me laugh because I don't know. Regardless of what people do or don't think, I decided to choose to believe that people equally love all of my books, so <laughs> that made me happy. I, I am a Pollyanna glasses, half to three quarters full kind of girl. Um, but honestly, of the people who took the time to respond, um, it was pretty much one third, one third, one third. It was actually, by the time we got to all 142 respondents, it was actually tipping a little bit higher. 37% uh, uh, chose a superhero book. It's just that I, I decided to choose to write Loon Lake as the next book instead of going, um, you know, strong, choosing to only do, you know, what readers said, uh, because the Loon Lake book will be quicker and faster to write because my head's already in the middle of the series. And the superhero book, I have to go back to the file that I was working on when my husband was in the motorcycle accident. And I have to just kind of redo some things and make sure that my head is, you know, not in that space anymore. I think I told you then that I just couldn't work on that book for about two years. Every time I opened the file, I would just cry because all I could think about was my husband calling me and telling me he was laying on the pavement. So that wasn't good. But now I'm like pretty much totally excited about that book, except for that time has passed and I've thought of ways to improve it and make it better. But the superhero books do require more time from me um, because not only are they longer, but it's a much more complicated um, plot system because it, the, the, there's going to be an overarching plot over the entire series. And so I need to make sure that I'm weaving in b bits and pieces of things and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, so all that to say that because I sent out this 10-question survey, I got a pretty good amount of useful information helped me to decide how am I going to plan out my production schedule for 2018. And one of the things that I wanted to do was make readers want to help. Um, I noticed that I've probably gotten half a dozen, maybe a dozen surveys in the first six weeks of this year from, you know, American Express or Visa or, um, an, another author newsletter that, that I read her books and, and um, you know, I'm on her email newsletter list. And uh, another, oh, <laughs> the company that I use for the reader survey, they sent me a survey about my customer satisfaction. <laughs> so apparently the beginning of the year is the time to do customer satisfaction surveys. But 
I wanted to make sure my readers had some reason to do it. So the email that I sent them, the only thing in it was, here's the survey, you know, just a little bit of an, like a one paragraph introduction. Here's the survey and I'll choose one um, participant to win an autographed print copy of Love at the Fluff and Fold, the newest book. And so that was the, you know, you want to give somebody like the opportunity that maybe they'll win something uh, as they are basically doing you a big favor. So that was one way that I reached out and showed my readers that I loved them. I I showed them I loved them because I wanted their opinion and that I tried to make them understand that I really valued their opinion. It was really important to me and I really hoped that they would do the survey. And then also I wanted to thank them for their time. It literally, the survey company that I used tracked how long each person took to do the survey. And literally the average was like either two minutes or two minutes and 18 seconds. I think two minutes and 18 seconds was the longest someone took to do it. So I felt really good about that. I wasn't wasting anybody's time and um, everybody had this opportunity to win a book. So I'll mail out that book and I will put in the next newsletter, congratulations to so-and-so, the winner of the blah, blah, blah. So That is um, one other way that you can show the love, making sure that they know how much you appreciate them and appreciate their opinion. Also, you can ask if anybody wants to be on your beta reader team or your ARC team. So ARC is advanced reader copy. And so the beta readers and the ARC readers could be two different groups or the same group, depending on when you're ready to send a reader your manuscript and get their feedback on it. Like, was it as funny as you wanted it to be? What is, was it as tear-jerking as you wanted it to be? Was there anything about it that was confusing? Were they left at the end of the story, you know, wondering what happened to Joe? <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, so if you were going to separate them, the beta readers would really be the people who are reading your almost final copy, but uh, you probably also have it off at your editor right now. You're really asking the beta readers to tell you whether or not there is anything about the story that was confusing or that didn't seem wrapped up in the end to them. The advanced readers copy, the ARCs, are generally books that are practically done. Like maybe the cover isn't all the way done or you don't have the back cover copy written yet or maybe the interior is the entire completely edited and proofed book but it doesn't have the copyright page and the dedication page and stuff like that or maybe it's completely done it could be completely done also um anyway the arcs are usually sent out as a pre-release review copy um, because um, publishers um, whether you're a traditional publisher or whether you're a independent writer publisher um you're looking for people who will read and review your book as soon as um, the book becomes available to review on Amazon and other websites. So again, you could either make that into two groups or one, depending on when you are interested in sending people your manuscript. I'm one of those people who don't really like having people read, you know, my first draft or my second draft or whatever. I want it to be pretty darned good, unless there's some question about a problem that I don't know if I solved well enough or I don't like the way I solved it or something like that, then I am actually looking for, you know, three to six uh, under 10 beta readers to give me their feedback on whether or not that problem got solved in a way that makes sense or, um, you know, if anybody has a suggestion for something that is right there in front of my face that I didn't see or something like that. 
Okay, so beta readers and or ARC readers. And again, I just would create a private Facebook group if you're a Facebook user. Um, if you're not a Facebook user, you can create a separate email list. And depending on your email provider, you might actually not create a separate list, but you might just tag those three or six or 10 or whatever people, or, you know, 400 people. If you've got 60,000 people on your list, you might have a thousand people in your ARC reader list. It could happen. Um, anyway, you might have the kind of email program that will allow you just to tag people to be in certain groups rather than having to totally recreate a list. Other programs make you recreate a list. So, you could um, do one or both of those groups in a Facebook group and or just a separate email list. Another thing that you could do, and I think that this is important, talk to them. Mention their names the way that I was mentioning people's names at the beginning of this episode. I think it's exciting and fun when people are interested enough in what you said or what you wrote or whatever you're doing that they respond. I mean, think about all the times where you've enjoyed a book or... Um, a TV show. When do we ever tell TV show people, you know, hey, I love the show. You know, sometimes we might say it on Twitter or Facebook or something. But when was the last time that you, um, depending on your personality, that you read a book that you really liked and you took time for a review? I like the idea of me taking time to write reviews on things, but unless I am um, in a place where I'm taking time to put the books into my Goodreads challenge and to then write a review of the books that I finished in Goodreads, a lot of times I mean, I often feel like either I don't have time or I don't have enough to say, like I liked it, but maybe I didn't absolutely freaking love it. Um, and yeah, I have to say my personality, I would probably tend to um, to not write a review automatically unless I was just like, this is the most amazing book and I loved it so much. So again, with your readers, um, if somebody takes the time, see if there's some way that you can mention them. Like just do a shout out in your newsletter, you know, thanks to... Um, I'm, I'm looking at houses out here, house builder, house builder one who left a review or, um, you know, Jade who, who left a comment on, on my YouTube channel or whatever. Um, anything that you post in a Facebook group or in your newsletter and that you mention, and I would suggest mentioning first names only just to give people, um, privacy. But anytime that you mention somebody and just kind of say, hey, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. That helps them to, you know, feel loved and appreciated and like that you value their time too, because they took time to do this nice thing for you. Another thing, and this is so important, and I know that it can be daunting depending on how busy you are and how many readers are responding to you. But if readers email you, it's really important if you can just find a place in your schedule where you're like, the first Friday of every month, I respond to all the reader emails. And maybe as they're coming in, you're putting them in a separate folder in your inbox so that, you know, once a month or twice a month, you just go through, you respond to all of them. Or you try to respond to them as they come in if they're, you know, not too many and it's not going to interrupt your workflow. And it doesn't have to be long. I mean, I tend... <laughs> I tend to write long emails and long replies, sometimes because I'm just in the mood and sometimes because of something that they said and makes me 
think of something that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll say this. And so it can be time consuming if you reply like I do, which is generally too long. <laughs> but, um, but if you don't have time, it's way better to send a short reply. Thanks so much for your email. I appreciated your comment on, you know, and make sure that it sounds like you actually read their email and, you know, I hope you're enjoying the books. Have a great week. Happy writing. Or sorry, that's what I say to my one group. My other group, I say happy reading. <laughs> um, so just simple, you know, in a way it's sort of a common courtesy thing, but I know a lot of people feel like they don't have time and that's something just just think about, you know, can you find a way to make time? Or maybe you don't have reader emails yet or not very often. I don't have a ton. Um, sometimes they come at a really inconvenient time and I need to write on a to-do list, you know, answer reader emails. And then I just have to go back and find like hopefully all of them if there were two or three that came in while I was really busy. But again, you know, people feel like, oh my gosh, you, you replied. That's really cool. Just remember, it's the same way that you would feel if you took the time to write somebody. It would be great if they just hit reply and said, thanks so much for your email. And then finally, this might be a little weird for some of you, but if you felt comfortable, both, um, you know, personality-wise comfortable and uh, personal safety-wise comfortable, if you think that you live within driving distance of a few or several of your readers, consider doing a meetup. Um, you could actually use, a, you know, some sort of organizational website like Meetup. Um, I think that would be very, very public, so I'm not sure that that would be the best one to use. But um, you could send out a quick note to your email list saying, listen, if anybody's in the Los Angeles area, I'm going to be down at the Starbucks on Canoga Park, um, you know, from 9 to 11 a.m. working on some some writing or making some notes or just enjoying a cup of coffee. Let me know if you want to come join me, that sort of thing. I know that um, some authors have really had great experiences with this. And depending on how many people you think might be within driving distance of you, it could be a really fun thing for you. You know, you get to pe get to know people. It's in a a fairly safe environment, meaning you didn't invite total strangers over to your house. Uh, and um, people feel like this is so cool. Like I got to meet one of the authors whose books I like. So that's another way that you could show people the love. I hope that um, I'm at least giving you ideas. Maybe you'll think of a whole bunch more ideas besides the ones that I've come up with. But just keep in mind, um, if you put yourself in their shoes, like as a reader, what do you wish that people were... Um, that other authors, your favorite authors were doing for you? You know, what do you wish that they would talk about in their emails? Or um, how often do you wish that, you know, you could get personal responses or, or maybe meet up with them, you know, with half a dozen other readers at a, at a coffee shop or something. Uh, just use your imagination. Think of what sounds fun. Maybe do um, some Facebook Live events and announce those to your readership. Um, you could do uh, Facebook Live would be literally live, or you could just create a video. If you were like, I don't really want to interact that much because I'm kind of shy and a little bit of an introvert or a lot of an introvert, 
you could just create a short little five minute video and post that on, you know, Facebook or, you know, if you post it on YouTube, you can put the YouTube link in your newsletter and then it would show up in your newsletter. That could be lots of fun. And it would be, um, something that wouldn't make you feel like emotionally unsafe, you know, out there too much for your personality, but it would still be something that could really make your readers excited and happy. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed the ideas. And if you're listening on uh, February 13th, happy almost Valentine's Day. Whether you are spending money at Hallmark or not, I hope that you have a great day and that you feel loved. Um, Even though I may not know you, some of you I know and some of you I don't. But um, in the way that hopefully sounds the least weird possible, like, I love you. I love that you want to listen to the show. That makes me excited. I appreciate you. And I hope that um, the things that I do in the show make you feel like I love and appreciate you. So there you go. That's that's one, um, one piece of love that you get at Valentine's week. Okay, now I am beginning to feel embarrassed that I said that out loud. I really do feel it, but I'm still a little bit embarrassed. So there it is though. I love you guys. I'm going to shut up now and I'll talk to you later. Have a great week.